Welcome to another episode of the Art of Blooming podcast with your host, Mariah. And Daniela. And boy, are we excited to end 2022 with a bang because we have our favorite astrologer, Alice Bell, back again in just, I think it was, we had her on in September. So it's been three months or so. So it's such a treat to have her back and we're focusing on something very special and exciting that she just announced her first book launch, Trust Your Timing. And Daniela, I know you've been very close to this project, so this is extra exciting (laughs) for you too. It's very exciting. Um, I've known about this book for the last six months as Alice was writing it and I was privileged enough to design the cover and now it's out in the world and you can check it out on Alice's Instagram page and pre-order it because it's so good and she talks a little bit about it during the episode and she just shares like the inspiration behind it and also the best timings for relationship, career, family development, moving for all of the different rising signs. So it's kind of like an astrology of 2023 episode with a little bit of everything else. Candid conversation too, because we just like to just have real talk. (laughs) Yes, definitely. But it it was such a fun episode to record and it's always such an honor to have Alice here. So we hope you love it. We know you're gonna love it. Enjoy. For sure. Enjoy the episode. Alice Bell, welcome back to another episode of the Art of Booming podcast. We're so stoked to have you back. We had you Um, back in September, so it's a treat to get you again. It's been that long already? It has. I'm so excited to be back. I feel like so much has happened since then. I don't know. Maybe you can share about like what's been going in your life and what's been happening Mm -hmm. in the cosmos. Mm -hmm. But have there been any breakthroughs? I know you've been at the tail end of your Saturn return or we both have. So what's been happening? Yeah, Yeah, this fall was pretty intense. Like the final Saturn return. I mean, it doesn't fully end until March when Saturn goes into Pisces, which we'll talk about a little more. But like exact aspect of Saturn to natal Saturn was this fall. So that was like very intense work-wise. I wrote an entire book in four months. So that's very like Saturnian themes of, um, I don't know, just like having to not procrastinate anymore and just like get in and do the work. Okay. So you wrote from August till now? You just yeah. Finished? So I got um, the book deal in June and then the contract was signed at end of July. And then I came back from vacationing in Italy, August 11th. And immediately, like August 11th, had a deadline of December 5th to finish the book. So those months were all book. Like, oh my didn't gosh. do anything else. Had no social life the last few months. But did you love it? Were you in that flow? Yes. Oh my God, I loved it so much. I'm like, I feel kind of empty now that the first draft <laughs> is turned in. I guess I still have to do edits and stuff, but... I feel like I've lost a piece of me or something. (laughs) But it's so exciting. Like, trust Mm -hmm. your timing is out there. You've already announced it. Um, Yes, congrats. We've been in on the secret for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited for it to come out. Now you can finally talk about it. So that's the best part too, is getting to, right? You're you're missing being in that flow, but getting to talk Mm -hmm. about it now and share it is just like a whole other layer to it. Yeah, yeah. And then the promotion and all that, which will come closer to June 1st. That'll be Okay, and do the stars align with all this? Yeah. Oh my God, it's crazy. Like I always talk about how transits to the midheaven in your chart are so good for career growth and having attention on you because of work. And the day my book comes out, Jupiter and the North Node are conjunct on my midheaven. So I'm like, (gasps) I need to do a book on career astrology next because this is crazy. That is insane. Did you plan it that way? No, I had no say in the publishing date. And it also, Mars is in Leo, my first house at that time, opposite my Aquarius sun. So it's like everything magically lined up and I did not give them a date based on astrology for this to come out. Whoa. Okay. I feel like that's a whole other thing. Once you are just attuned to mm-hmm. working with the stars and the planets, I feel like at a certain point, it just naturally starts to happen. Like you start manifesting those things. 
I also get like people come to me and asking like, oh, can you help me choose a wedding date or a date for this? And I'm like, look, you just need to trust that the stars are aligning on that date. You don't need to find a critical exact date to get married on. Like it will naturally, like the transits will naturally reflect that you're getting married that day. You don't need to control it. Mm-hmm. And just what you said, trust and trust the timing is, yeah. trust yes. your timing is the name of the book. So when did you know that was the name and how did that come to be? I'm really bad with coming up with names for titles. So my literary agent, she was like, look, we need to have a title for this book if we're going to pitch it to publishers soon. And so she came up with like trust in your timing or like trust the timing. And then I went to my stepmom and I was like, this is my literary agent's ideas. And then she narrowed it down to like trust your timing because it was so like a good. little longer at first. Mm-hmm. That was perfect. I feel like it totally encapsulates so much. and. Yeah, it's so simple, but so profound when you start to embrace the theme of that. It's a good mantra. It is. (laughs) It it is. I've been using it as a mantra ever since like I I knew the title and like I was lucky enough to work on the cover. Um, I'm just like so stoked about it. But like, I remember being like, this is so ironic because I have such a hard time trusting the timing mm-hmm. of things because I'm such a, like a control person. I mean, same. Like that's the yeah. title of my book, but I need to take my own advice. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it was like, this is so ironic. And it's like, and it, I worked on it like alongside you for months. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, trust your timing, trust your timing. It was everywhere. And that just leads me to my next question. Like, what's the inspiration behind the book? Like, can you tell mm-hmm. us more about that? Yeah, so... I first got approached like in spring of 2021 to write a book. And before that, I had also like been thinking about it a lot and didn't quite know what part of astrology I wanted to focus on. So it kind of started out as this, I'm going to cover career, family, relationships, all this stuff in one book. And then when I started writing like the proposal for that, I was like, wait, this is way too much. I really don't have a lot of expertise in analyzing like the astrology of family and like that type of area where I was, where I had already had a ton of research doing astrology of relationships. And that is what had fascinated me the most specifically, like when people get into a relationship, when they go through breakups, like during 2020, I had spent that whole fall kind of like looking at people's charts and analyzing when they got into a relationship and what transits were happening there. So I really wanted to incorporate that into the book and get, be able to talk about relationships more at length. And so then I was like, okay, let's look at the birth chart through the lens of relationships, understanding why certain people have a harder time dating and getting into relationships. Cause that's something I had struggled with a lot in my twenties. Like dating gave me so much anxiety and I had such like an obsessive personality, like getting fixated on people who weren't interested in me and like never seeming to find the right person. And I was just like very self-conscious about not having a relationship, not having had a relationship before. And like when I got to my late twenties, I was like, why am I still single? And astrology really helped like calm me down in that area. So I wanted to do the same. And that is totally in line with your Saturn return. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like Saturn return is so much about like looking back on like the last 30 years of your life and how you want to proceed. So it's a lot of like reflection too. And it's interesting in my seventh house, it was like reflection about relationships through writing this book. Wow. That's so cool. Cause I'm trying to figure out (laughs) like what I can take out of the Saturn return for myself. Like what can I create into the world from all this? I don't want to say pain, but like challenges and learnings and experiencing, Mm -hmm. you know, the depths of that specific house. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really cool that you were able to just completely channel it through writing and going into that place of like deep reflection Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. turning it into something that can be a guide for others. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, the Saturn placement in your chart makes you kind of an expert in that area over time. Definitely not at first. At first, the Saturn placement in your chart, you're like so anxious and lost about. Mm -hmm. But I do see people get into their 30s and they like really have a solid understanding of that area. So I don't know, because you also have Saturn in the seventh house. I don't know if you feel like you want to incorporate partnerships or relationships into anything you do career-wise or that's especially a point of interest for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mine's more friendship, okay. female mm-hmm. fr- female friendship specifically, mm-hmm. big themes around that. 
So mm-hmm. I think that'll be something that I continue to just yeah. focus on and expand. So yeah. we'll see what comes out of it. <laughs> yeah. And wow. then Daniela, I always forget what your Saturn. <laughs> my Saturn is in my eighth house. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Just like right next to my Venus. That's also in my mm-hmm, eighth house. Mm-hmm. So um, it's in Pisces. Wait, mm-hmm. no. Is Saturn? But yeah, it is yeah, in, yeah, Pisces. It's in Pisces. Awesome. So yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to become an expert at. I just know that it's mm-hmm. going to be great. Everything. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Eighth is house it? is a lot about money. Like it it gets these like bad definitions associated with it. Like, oh, eighth house is death and sex, mm-hmm. but it's really uh, has a strong like financial aspect to it. So it it could be like you building your business out a lot more and developing passive income and bringing in more money or just being mm-hmm. smarter about your finances and not having like a lack mentality. Mm-hmm. That makes okay. a lot of sense. Well, look to Jack, my fiance, Alice, um, <laughs> his Saturn is in the eighth house. So okay. I feel like because I think Danielle and Jack really relate on a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> it's insane. About, it's insane. About like other people's finances, having to help support other people and constantly feeling like you take, you know, a step forward and then five steps backwards with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My sister has Saturn in the eighth and I feel like she's constantly worried that she's not saving enough money or mm-hmm. making enough money. And I feel like the purpose of the Saturn return is to be like, okay, stop trying to control money so much. Um, oh my gosh. House transits also have a lot to do with like inner healing. And like, I see this a lot when people go to therapy for the first time, just like wanting to understand why they have certain patterns and like how they can rework some of that Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. I totally feel like Jack is going through all of that right now. It's definitely coming to, it's feeling a lot lighter. It's feeling mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. okay, like he can trust it now. So he's, mm-hmm. I feel like he's trusted the journey, but even just a year ago, it was just really hard to see, to have that mindset of it being, mm-hmm. you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, Yeah, <laughs> but it's so cool. So it ends in March for Aquarius, Saturn, Saturn and Aquarius people, right? Yeah. So Saturn's been in Aquarius since like March of 2020 for a bit, like three months in 2020, March to July. And then it fully came back December, 2020 and will leave March of 2023. And then it'll go to Pisces. I believe I have the dates here. Yeah. It goes into Pisces March 7th, 2023. And it fully exits that sign in February, 2026. So wow. that's Daniela, right? That's you. You're yeah, next. That's oh my me. gosh. That's so crazy to have someone in your life who's going into it as you're coming out to him and vice versa. Know, like, it's like luck. really special. <laughs> have fun. All my friends have Saturn and Pisces because I tend to be friends with younger people. Um, so yeah, I hopefully I can be like the big sister. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. Like I yeah. will be asking a lot of questions because like mm-hmm. the thing is that I've been witnessing because... I like Mariah has been going through it and I've been friends with her since around those dates. Like we became friends December, 2020. Like that's when Mm -hmm. we met. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like I've kind of witnessed the entire like scope of Mm -hmm. her Saturn return. And I'm like very curious, low key, not so scared anymore, but you know, it's like, I I wonder what, what, what will come out from this because like, Mm -hmm. again, like as a Capricorn that has like a shit ton of places in Capricorn and like very, like, I feel Mm -hmm. like Saturn is my daddy almost like Mm -hmm. Saturn, like a Saturn's child. So I've already experienced the energy of it so much, Mm -hmm. um, especially with those like Saturn retrograde and Capricorn, like all of that stuff that's happened in the past, like three years where it's like been very intense. Okay. So it's like, I feel like I I'm prepared for whatever it throws at me. But also not fully. What do you think about that, Alice? <laughs> I just think like what, because I also have Saturn ruled signs. Like I have Aquarius planets and that's a another sign like Capricorn ruled by Saturn. And I just feel like having my son involved in that transit as well, like you will, Daniela, with Capricorn mm-hmm. sun, you just like have such a greater understanding of yourself. I guess this applies for anyone that's been through a Saturn return too. Um, I just feel like I have like more authority. Like I know wh- who I am and I'm not afraid to like express myself. Mm-hmm. It's just like a greater inner confidence that I didn't have yeah. two years ago. Oh yeah. That's been the best part is just feeling yeah. more assertive, more sure, caring less how people yeah. are perceiving you. You kind of realize you're like, I don't need to be 
doing this just because everyone else is doing this. Like, this mm-hmm. is my lane. I'm going to stay in what I, yeah. what brings me joy. And the priorities shift from like being more satisfied and fulfilled from your internal world mm-hmm. versus having the external world fulfill the internal. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. I, I love that. And I'm looking forward to that in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> well, you'll just, you'll have a, plenty more plot lines for your epic memoir. Oh Yeah. So yeah. you already have so many great characters and storylines. So I'm sure yeah, it is. I, I have no clue. But I also like what Alice said about like feeling like since it's in my eighth house, like the whole like the money story that I've had my entire life, like finally like mastering that and maybe mm-hmm. like getting that like passive income and, you know, like just not feeling like that, like feast and famine that I felt mm-hmm. my entire life. So, mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to that. And who knows? Like I've I've seen you two. Like you two. Like mm-hmm. Mariah is getting married. Like right mm-hmm. when it, when her son and her mm-hmm. ends. Like you yeah. found your person, Alice. Like I'm just like yeah. maybe <laughs> maybe it's a sign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alice, you you mentioned you're like oh I could see you getting married. Um, what was it? 2025. Danielle? 2025. Yeah. She's been holding on to that. <laughs> I really hope I'm right at this point. Let's, let's maybe we should push it to like engagement at that point. No, yeah, um, you did. You were like, okay, let me actually retract that statement <laughs> and say like, just career develop or uh, relationship development. Yeah. I would not be surprised though. Like, I do I think know. a relationship's like on the horizon with your Saturn return though, because Saturn rules your seventh house. So transit Saturn making an aspect to the ruler of your seventh house natal Saturn will bring in relationship themes automatically. And you have Venus and Pisces, which when you, when my book comes out, there's a whole chapter on how Saturn connecting with Venus is such a time of relationship commitment and having that be a bigger theme. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm just so saying, excited to, I'm just saying to devour <laughs> this book. Um, yeah. okay. Let's talk about in March when everything shifts. Mm-hmm. What can those who have Saturn and Aquarius expect after that? I mean, for everyone, like Saturn return or not, Saturn's entering a new house of your chart. So pretty quickly, you're going to start to see new themes become a focus and a new area where you may face stress or obstacles or feel like you need to rework. So like as Leo Risings, me and Mariah, also Daniela, but she's in her Saturn return too, but we're not in our Saturn return anymore as of March, but Saturn's still moving from the seventh to the eighth. So it's like the seventh house themes start to fall away and eighth house becomes more of a focus. I use whole sign houses in my practice. So the second a planet enters a new sign, it enters a new house. And that house is the theme for the next three years. Okay. Interesting. Aww, so we'll be relating on that yes. too. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm so excited. God. (laughs) And it's hard when Saturn first enters a new sign and therefore a new house, like those themes feel really difficult at first for the first year. And then like the second year and like the third year, you tend to like have more of an understanding or you just kind of feel like you're getting the hang of it and you know kind of what changes need to happen there. And so it's different for everyone, right? Yeah, you're looking to the house of your chart ruled by Pisces. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't have Pisces in my chart, everyone has all 12 signs in their chart. Each house is associated with each sign or with a sign. So depending on your rising sign, that's going to tell where Pisces, what house that rules. Okay. And so what else can we expect in 2023 as far as just the overall energy and theme for everyone? Like, will it it be good? Or is it different for <laughs> yeah. every I mean, sign? it's different for every like rising sign because that sets up the chart, like what houses are being activated by these transits. But overall, I do expect it to be a bit easier than 2022 just because the eclipses are shifting into the signs of Aries and Libra. And so that's like a lot less emotionally heavy than the eclipses have been in Taurus and Scorpio. And it's more like, I'm excited about change and having these new experiences and being more independent and taking risks. And then also Jupiter is meeting up with a few of the eclipses that go on next year. So there's more of a feeling of like optimism and I don't know, being inspired and like wanting to connect to things like spirituality or education or traveling and like seeing more of the world. So that's such a contrast from the eclipses being connected with Saturn this past year, which is a lot about like hardship, restriction, kind of like emotional heaviness. So yeah, I 
I see a good vibe for 2023. That's good. Okay. Yeah. You can use, you can use all the goodness you can. Oh my God. Yeah. And also like, it's so funny because earlier this year, when you gave me my birthday reading, you said like, you saw a lot of like overseas travel for 2023 Mm -hmm. and I've already planned two trips and we're Mm -hmm. not done with 2022. And I'm like, oh my God, am I going to be spending the entire year like bouncing back and forth? It's oh looking God. like it. It's it's it looks very likely. So this is just to say astrology is real, and um, you should all you know Yet like again. yeah get on it because like it's it's very accurate, and you need to buy Alice's book because it's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so so like to get into like the thick of things. And also going back to like the whole like trust your timing theme, mm-hmm. what would you say? Like, I'm asking for a friend again. Like, yeah. is it a good year timing wise for like relationships for like Leo risings? Okay. So if you want to break it down by like rising signs by element, uh-huh. because I'm really focused on like the Taurus sector of the chart next year mm-hmm. of like where there's going to be a lot of growth and advancement because it's like final eclipse taking place final lunar eclipse taking place in Taurus. So like a culmination of activity in that part of your chart. And then that also Jupiter moving into Taurus starting in May, going through May of 2024. So a lot of growth and easier opportunities there. So that's going to affect all fire rising. So Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, their career is going to be the focus. So a lot of good things happening with work, probably kind of career advancement, maybe new role, getting more attention within the career, making more money. So that's kind of the focus there. Mm. With relationships, I'd say it's the best for water sign rising. So Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Because the North Node and those final Taurus eclipses and then Jupiter moving into Taurus are in the 7th, 3rd, or 11th house of their charts. So that's a lot about like Yes, romantic relationships and maybe having more success dating, particularly with Scorpio risings, but also just like having more friends and like a better sense of community and feeling like you have a more active social life if that hasn't been a priority recently. And then just to continue on, earth sign risings. So Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, this is all affecting kind of like the self-discovery parts of your chart, like the first, fifth, and ninth houses. So it's a lot about Like what makes you unique? How can you build up greater confidence in yourself or just explore whatever is like bringing you joy or whatever is like sparking your curiosity? So that could be like realizing your creative voice or I don't know, interests that you forgot about many years ago and they're being like reignited and you want to like pursue those a lot more or learning through foreign travel, for instance. And then finally with the air sign risings, which which is Gemini, Libra, Aquarius rising, I don't want to say this is like going to be a bad year, but definitely maybe more of an introverted year or one Mm. where mental health and emotions become more of a focus. And it might not be so much of an active year with career or social life and relationships. It's more of like, who am I? And like wanting to better understand like your inner self and also maybe a focus on like home and family relations home and family relationships too, or also like moving past blocks, holding you back in like intimate relationships. And yeah, even though that's not the most exciting, like those kind of periods are necessary in order to move forward in the Mm -hmm. following year. And do you find that it usually balances out so that the previous year is usually, I don't want to say one's more fun than the other, but yeah. 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 Like it always comes in waves. Like you can't spend your whole life on a great career high, you know? Like mm-hmm. you need those kind of down moments where not a lot's going on so you can figure out like what it, what really lights me up, what makes me happy. Like this past year, like for fire sign risings who are about to have like kind of a great career year, 2022, especially the first part of the year was not that way. It was probably very frustrating if you were fire rising and like they had all the emotional stuff going on. So now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that that's coming to a close. And now it's time to focus on work and being more involved in like the outside world. Wow. Wow. That's so spot on. Yeah. We can attest to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I burnt out like first Mm -hmm. part of the year. Like it was just really intense. Um, and like Mariah, you were like going through a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. I was, I was very much in the emotional stuff. I 
didn't mm-hmm. really have a career at that point. I had just <laughs> lost my career and I was like, where do I go from here? Um, yeah. So now I'm starting to feel like the momentum is coming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the yeah. first part of this year was so hard. Like I was just really frustrated, felt like I had no friends, just felt very isolated. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how that stuff just comes and goes in cycles. So you can never expect to be in that low of a period for like the rest of your life, you know? So if you are feeling that right now, there is an end point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to, I don't know, like when I'm in the high, I always, it's hard to enjoy it because I'm always wondering when the shoe is going to drop or (laughs) when when I'm going to have that next humbling experience, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. True. (laughs) But I think... I don't know. I think coming out of your Saturn return, you just start to have this inner resilience where you're like, mm-hmm. you know, I've done it. Like if I can, if I can go through that low and just embrace it for what it is and think, Hey, maybe an awesome book will come out of it or yeah, something yeah. like an amazing story, amazing piece of art, whatever it is that you create. I think mm-hmm. um, those difficult times usually lead to that mm-hmm. creative inspiration. I'm also learning, like, I feel like a big thing on my mind, on my mind recently has been like the universe truly like knows best what's best for you. Like if you think you want something and it doesn't go your way or you're really disappointed, like it's always for a reason. And like two years from now, or even a few months from now, you'll be like, wow, thank God that didn't happen. Or that person rejected me. Mm. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Going back to that word mm-hmm. trust. Yeah. Yeah. It always ends up making sense. Even if in the moment it's like, wow, this is pointless and so painful, but Mm -hmm. you're 100% right. Like Mm -hmm. it all works out in the end. Yeah. Daniela, you've had some of those experiences already in this last half of the year. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And, and it's like become very clear that, um, the things that I thought I really wanted and like, I was really pushing for too, Mm -hmm. didn't make sense in the long run. Like now that I've, like time has passed and I've looked back on it. I'm like, of course it didn't work out because it just didn't make sense. I was just, Mm -hmm. I feel like ego also, like as humans, we become so attached to outcomes Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and like key piece with like manifesting things that are in alignment with us is the detachment, you know, like even if it doesn't happen, right. It's, it's going to be great in another way that I still don't know how Mm -hmm. it's going to be, you know? So like if I've learned anything this year is that like the best things in my life, I was not able to plan for. And that's Mm -hmm. like my new life philosophy, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's so true. Now that I think back, like, yeah, the best things in my life that I cherish the most right now came out of left field. I would have never first like really thought it looked the way it did nor mm-hmm. was I asking for that specifically. Almost kind of wanted the opposite. <laughs> so yeah, it's exactly. Funny. You can't control what happens. Yeah, it's it's kind of magical. So I think that's that's the fun part of this mm-hmm. of this ride and riding each mm-hmm. wave that comes with each year. Um, so yeah, that's our little pep talk <laughs> for, <laughs> for people going through it right now. Yeah. Um, But what about, okay, so we talked about relationships because that's the theme of your book. Mm -hmm. What specifically in your book did you feel the most emotionally connected to when you were writing about it? There's a part of the book after I go through like, okay, what are your moon, Venus, Mars signs, all this technical stuff? Like what are the relationship houses? I get through all of that. And then closing out that birth chart section of the book, there's one about where I group different aspects and chart configurations together. And there's different headers in that section. Like, why am I always the single friend? Why do I struggle to be in control in relationships? And listing out people that have those tendencies based on like certain aspects. Like, so for instance, always the single friend is like Saturn in the seventh, moon, Venus conjunct Saturn, Capricorn moon, Capricorn Venus, like that type of thing. <laughs> Danielle, I'm realizing I'm listing off yeah. a lot of what you I'm have. like, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that part. And then I go into it for like Chiron and like all these other chart placements. I feel like that's where it really comes together. And it's like, oh, that's why I've felt this way my whole life. Um, so I do that for about like five different chart variations. Wow. So you, did you have that realization as you were writing all that out? 
I had done like a blog post that was similar on it a few years ago, like dealing with difficult chart placements. So it was really like adding to that and elaborating there. Mm, Okay. Wow. That's such a powerful experience to go Mm -hmm. through. And I'm really excited to read that part of that book. Oh, Um, same. Yeah, Danielle. (laughs) I'm like so excited. But also like, I feel like knowing that just validates you so much because like, I think that so many of us that have had that experience of like, oh, all of my friends are engaged or in relationships and I'm the single friend. Mm-hmm. Like we feel deep down, like most days I'm fine with it. Like it's actually fun to be the single friend. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of my friends live vicariously through my singleness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like some days it's just, it's really hard and you think like, oh my God, I I have a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's there must be something wrong with me. And, and in truth is that like, you know, what we were saying, like, Mm -hmm. it's just not the right timing. Like you're supposed to live certain experiences and like, you know, figure out certain things about like your own psyche and your own, like, you know, trauma in order to like be in the best relationship, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. and that's what I love about astrology and also your approach to it, because it's like, sometimes it's not so much like the predicting, but the looking back and it Mm -hmm. all making sense, you know? Yeah. Also just not having like a victim mindset. Like, why does yes. this happen to me? Why is my love life shitty? It's like, how does that empower you? Like, why, mm-hmm. why did you choose? Like, I believe that you choose what happens in your life and that the birth chart determines like kind of the setup of um, how things are going to unfold throughout your life. So it's kind of like, why did you want these difficult experiences to happen to you with love life? Like, what is there to learn there? Exactly. And and that also helps you like be in this radical responsibility situation where it's like, I was, you know, I chose this incarnation, right? I chose this mm-hmm. birth chart, right? Um, mm-hmm. if you believe in that, I do. I do, um, yeah, yeah. 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 For I don't, sure. Like, I don't think it's it's like a coincidence that like I'm surrounded by Leo Risings. Like what? Like that's <laughs> yeah. like insane. Um, so it's just like, it just gives you that like sense of, okay, this is what I have. This is what I was born with. What am I going to do with it? And like, you know, it's like, it changes that like whole like, oh, I'm the single friend into like, oh, I'm the single friend. I'm here to learn this. Let's do mm-hmm. this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. yeah like it. I couldn't have written this book if I didn't understand how difficult it was to always be the single person or go through these like horrible dating experiences. Like it all <laughs> ended up happening, happening for a reason. Yes. And you wouldn't have the career you have yeah, if it no. didn't happen either. Like if like, let's just like play pretend for a second. Like let's imagine that you weren't the single friend that you, you know, you met your person at 21 and that you had like a great mm-hmm. relationship you probably would still be working at Vogue, right? Like, Yeah, I wouldn't be doing what I do now because there would be no need to like self-reflect and be like, why is this my life? You know, mm-hmm. if no problems ever happen and there's no need to ever look within. Mm-hmm. So true. And I think that's when I found astrology too, is when I was at one of my lowest of not knowing who I was mm-hmm. or what my purpose was and just wanting to know something somewhere. And then- mm-hmm looking deeper into the birth chart and seeing the answers, seeing everything reflected there, it was just mind-blowing. Yeah. And that's why those difficult periods are so great because you end up learning the most through them. Mm. Definitely. So true. It's so true. So let's just all have that mindset. Yeah. <laughs> as we, as Saturn moves. Yeah. What rising signs were the ones that were going to have like Air sign rising. Air sign rising. Probably the most. Um, Or also people with like heavy mutable sign placements because Saturn is moving into Pisces. Um, So Pisces, Gemini, Virgo, and Sagittarius, especially if your planets in those signs are like early degrees of Pisces, next year might be a bit challenging or stressful. Mm, Okay. I think I I might have that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask. I have a Pisces moon at like 11 degrees of Pisces and I'm like, okay. holy shit. Oh, Pisces moon. That's right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm Pisces Mercury. So mm-hmm. what is and that? Sun. And sun. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know why I always focus on the Mercury. I think because I think Alice, you and I talked about this before is mm-hmm. like speaking and being seen is like one of the most cringe things ever. Like I mm-hmm. feel that um, I'm, I really try to work on being better at it to the point where mm-hmm. it causes me just overthinking and 
anxiety. And mm-hmm. so I used to tell myself because I had my, I have my Mercury in Pisces that I was just bad at communicating mm-hmm. and that it was always going to be something that was a struggle. And I read it in a horoscope blog somewhere that it said oh my people God. with Mercury and Pisces like struggle to communicate and be, be heard for what they mean. And so I was telling myself that story for so long yeah. and I still kind of tell myself that story. So, um, I would yeah. say that's like a very intuitive Mercury. Like that's kind of like a psychic Mercury placement. Like you can easily sense how other people are feeling or just like your mind is very able to pick up on that stuff and drop probably just being better with like listening to your intuition and acting on it rather than thinking logically, like more creative thinking. Mm, which is hard in <laughs> the mm-hmm. way the world works. Yeah, <laughs> It's hard to yeah. be accepted for that. But what's your Mercury? It's Aquarius. So that's like one that's always thinking about the future. Like I'm always worrying about what's to come. Okay. Wow. But that, that's really good too. Like that lines up with your line of work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly true. That's so cool to see. And then Danielle, yours is Capricorn, I'm sure. Because Capricorn's just everywhere in your chart. (laughs) Yeah. So what does that mean for you? I guess that would be, I don't know, thinking realistically or being very goal oriented. It's like taking Basically, when you're analyzing your Mercury sign, it's really taking like the significations of what that sign means. So if you're just looking up general Capricorn traits and applying it to how you communicate, what you're interested in learning about or writing about or talking about with other people. So it's like yeah. those Capricorn themes come in there. Yeah, that's so it's a really sense. Mercury is a really important. I mean, they're all important for different reasons. But I find that Mercury, I focus on it a lot because it's something that we just really have to utilize on the everyday. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. how. that's very true. That's why when Mercury's retrograde, it's so chaotic because that's like an everyday planet. It's like your everyday mm-hmm. life is kind of thrown into chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what can we do for this next round of Mercury retrogrades? How many do we have in 2023? There's going to be four in 2023. So normally oh, there's three. Yeah. So the next one starts, I think, December 29th if I'm correct. Yeah. And ends January oh 18th. So that's right kind of the my next birthday. One. <laughs> yeah. So maybe slow start to the new year and mm. kind of like going back to see what happened. A lot of reflection going into the new year and maybe not mm-hmm. so much like forward momentum until the middle of January, especially because Mars is still retrograde until January 12th as well. So it's like Mercury oh, retrograde right. till the 18th, Mars retrograde till the 12th, don't really expect a ton of energy and momentum until like January 20th and on. Okay. Well, that's kind of in line with the season too. So if you live somewhere where you have seasons and you experience winter, Mm -hmm. I feel like you can really embrace being a hermit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, Well, Mercury retrograde switches dates every time. So it's not always like until January 18th. Yeah. So at least this this first one going into the new year, you can cozy up. (laughs) Yeah. But why why do we have so many next year? It's because they're they're kind of like changing signs. So Mercury retrograde will happen across the same element of sign for about a two-year period. So right now it's transitioning out of happening in air signs where it's been in 2021 and 2022 into earth signs. So that means you're starting the year with one, like Capricorn season. And then as it transitions into fire signs at the end of the year, it'll be like a little bit of Capricorn, but also Sagittarius. So I find just when transits are happening at the very start of the year and the very end of the year, there's more. Like when the eclipses were in Cancer and Capricorn, there tends to be more eclipses during the year because there's the ones in January and then there's ones in December too. Okay. So I guess the positive aspect of that is that there's going to be just even more breakthroughs, internal breakthroughs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think there aren't like, I don't know. There's some years that are like way more retrograde heavy. I would honestly say like 2022 is more retrograde heavy than 2023 will be because 2022 had the Venus and Mercury retrograde at the start. Then now we're in a Mars retrograde this whole fall of 2022 and plus all the other Mercury retrogrades. That's right. And going into 2023, like, yes, we have one more Mercury retrograde, but there's only a Venus retrograde. There's no Mars retrograde next year. Mm. Okay. 
Plus, That's we're just good. getting we're just getting better and better at Mercury retrogrades. Yeah, <laughs> going yeah. through so no, many of them. It's, it's great, and like <laughs> there's this there's a lot of talk about Pluto this these mm-hmm. days, and like and you mentioned the other day um, mm-hmm. in your story all about yeah. like AI and and yeah. now Ooh. that you said that yeah like your Mercury is in Aquarius and you're always thinking about the future. I was like, huh, maybe we should talk a little bit about this. Like what's oh, going on interesting. with that? Yeah. So Pluto is changing signs next year for the first time since 2008. So Pluto is wow. the most slowly moving planet. So this is like, it's the planet that defines like generational trends. So you could, I don't know, it might be become more clear in the next five years, like what 2008 to 2023 has embodied, like with Pluto and Capricorn. But yeah, it's shifting into Aquarius, March of 2023 it kind of goes back to Capricorn for a bit in the summer of 2023. And then it's fully back in Aquarius from 2024 until 2044. So we're getting just like the first glimpse of what the transit holds for the next 20 years. But Aquarius is so much about technology, community, um, humanitarian causes. Like, so all of that kind of going through a drastic transformation, like maybe there's like a lot of change with I don't know how we use technology and that like brings in like artificial intelligence and also maybe changes to social media. And I'm trying to think of other big themes that might come up. It's helpful to look back. I mean, this was so long ago, but the last time Pluto was in Aquarius was the end of the 1700s, like during the 1780s, 1790s. And during that, I think it was the start of the industrial revolution. I'm really bad with history. So um, me too. I need to get better at <laughs> none it. Of us are, none of us are yeah, but there were a experts. lot of technological innovations and also like human rights things going on. So maybe oh. more of that, like everyone needs to be treated equally. Aquarius is so much like, let's get rid of these outdated structures and rules and let's do things completely differently. And everyone, everyone needs to have a say. So more of an equal, like, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see like what happens with the government. Like, will, will, will there still be mm-hmm. a president or a monarchy in England with Pluto going into Aquarius? Wow. That's so exciting. Wow. It's exciting when things change that way. Of course, it's there's always some nerves, but I think yeah. what we can learn is that we usually get better as we mm-hmm. as we continue to evolve and learn and grow and work on ourselves and use astrology. (laughs) Yes. It's definitely about to be like the age of air. Like a lot of people were saying that back when Jupiter and Saturn went into Aquarius at the end of 2020, but this is really like age of air coming up. And um, Uranus will go into Gemini in 2026 through most of the 2030s. So that paired with Pluto and Aquarius, that's so much about like change to human interaction and technological innovation. Yeah, because sometimes I'm, just wondering if it's my little echo chamber that I feel like more and more people are being accepting of things like astrology and... um, No, that's definitely something that's happened. Like, I feel like the mm -hmm. astrology went mainstream in like 20... It went a lot more mainstream in like 2017, 2018. I'm trying to think of what transits were relevant at that time. I mean, there were eclipses in Aquarius. So again, an Mm -hmm. Aquarius activation. And then Jupiter was in Scorpio, which is like just such an introspective, like interested in human behavior and psychology type sign. And I feel like that is also the rise of interest in astrology. Like, why am I the way I am? Mm -hmm. And going beyond astrology into just like space and aliens, I feel like that stuff is becoming Mm -hmm. more, more talked about. And yeah, what, where do you stand with all that? And how do you think it interacts with astrology? Space and aliens. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I haven't thought about that that much, but I mean, yeah, like I feel like other life has other to life. exist on other places. Right? Yeah. I know. I think about, I used to go down many rabbit holes and then I was like, okay, I think this is a slippery slope to just too many conspiracy theories that aren't, mm-hmm. that aren't healthy. Um, but it fascinates me. I, re- I used to read like a lot of books on like reincarnation and, um, past life regression. And the author would talk about like regressing people back like thousands and thousands of years to a past life on a different planet where they were like, not, they weren't like, they were like a weird type of animal. So I definitely think that exists. So do you believe in like star seeds and that like galactic stuff? 
I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that. Okay. Um, we haven't talked about it before on the podcast, so we should have somebody to come on and talk about it to explain <laughs> yeah, it. For sure. But, but I've had somebody read my chart, my birth chart, and tell me like where my star family comes, like my galactic history from reading. I'll have to send, I'll have to send them to you. I've never heard you. of reading Just, a chart that way. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely send it to you and I want to hear your take on it, <laughs> but it was so interesting. And so from then on, I just got very fascinated with the subject mm-hmm. of star seeds. And it just means that your soul has incarnated from thousands, millions, mm-hmm. billions of years mm-hmm. ago from before earth on yeah, different yeah. planets with different like levels of consciousness. So here on earth, like we're at a certain density and then beyond that is mm-hmm. just like a lighter, more loving, I don't even know, I'm butchering this, but, but <laughs> yeah. it's it's very interesting to me. So I I always am curious on how like astrology and, and that kind of intersects. Yeah, I wouldn't know so much. That's not really the astrology I practice. Mine's more like, I feel like there is yeah, an angle of astrology. <laughs> yeah, there are astrologers that are a lot about like spiritual evolution and that's not really like mm-hmm. what I do. I don't yeah. like to use the word like karma and like all that. I just feel like it takes away from what are you focusing on in the present? Mm. Totally, totally. And I think that's why it's just when you can apply it to the now and be focused in the present moment and with what's happening Mm -hmm. that is in, you know, in front of you, I think that's all we can do to avoid being these anxious, Mm -hmm. (laughs) stressed out people just worried about things that we can't control. Yeah. And I think that's what's so scary sometimes about social media and the conspiracy theories out there is I find it to be very fear-mongering when mm-hmm. um, you're focused on things like the government being corrupted, obviously. There's mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. many different types of conspiracies, but I think um, I remember when I started to get more into those algorithms, I started to feel not good, like not... Mm-hmm just very fear-based. And um, that's when I was like, okay, I think we need to be grounded in our truth and our reality and what we can control. And so, yeah, I'm just glad that astrology is something that it does sometimes seem out of reach, but at the same time, having somebody Mm -hmm. like you who can really focus on the themes and the tangible really, really help make Mm -hmm. it a very grounded practice. Yeah, there also is a lot of that fear-based stuff with astrology on social media too. Like Mm -hmm. people being like, oh, the eclipses are coming. Your life's going to be over. Like that type of stuff where people are getting like freaked out about these solar lunar eclipses or Pluto going into Aquarius, for instance. And it's like, okay, calm down. Like that's not going to happen. Yes, Mm -hmm. I've definitely gotten some of those TikTokers and I immediately just scroll past. Yeah, Um, (laughs) But yeah, I do see that trend occasionally with, the conspiracies of Pluto's going this and the whole world's going to end. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Don't want to focus on that. I think when you've been practicing astrology, like a really long time, like I can imagine when I've been an astrologer for like 30, 40 years, you're just like not phased by any of this stuff anymore. Cause you're like, I've seen this play out numerous times. Like Mm -hmm. it's just gonna, it's not as you build it up in your head. And then when the time actually comes when that transit takes place, it's really not what you anticipate it to be. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think that that's important. down. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can have that fear when looking for a very, you know, intense transit or something mm-hmm. like your Saturn return. So it's very helpful to, to know that you don't have to, you don't have to fear it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, basically, we've covered like the big, big parts of, you know, like the astrology of 2023. And we just really wanted to ask you something that we ask all of our guests that we did not ask you the first time around. Uh oh. Um, and, and we always ask, like, if you could tell your younger self something, what would you tell her? Except for trust your timing, because we know that. Um, <laughs> it would probably be like, it would be something about like, don't listen to what everyone else tells you about yourself. Like you're going to get everything you want. Like, I feel like people would always be like, you're never going to be successful. You're, that's never going to happen to you. Like I got a lot of that growing up from parents and from friends. And 
like I literally everything I've dreamed of since I was a kid, like living in New York, working in fashion, having like the best career, writing a book, like that's all coming true. So I would just reassure her. Mm. That's so sweet. That's perfect. <laughs> so sweet. So yeah. what's next for you, Alice? What's happening for the holidays? What's happening early next year? Mm, I guess just finishing edits on my book, promoting that. Um, I do want to start doing a lot more like workshops and yeah, like teaching more astrology and also traveling. I, I also have a lot of travel going on. Oh, and you have that retreat, right? Yeah, I'm leading a trip to Italy um, in June of 2023. Okay. So that'll be fun. So exciting. Yeah, I feel like you're definitely tapping into that travel theme as well. Yeah. Already. Yeah, got all Leo, Aquarius rising, Leo and Aquarius risings have the eclipses and the travel houses next year. So a lot of that going on. So we should book more trips. Great yeah. time. Great time. <laughs> okay, yes. I'm so excited. So you know, we we need that. Yeah. Like, thank you so much for doing this episode with us. And I know that so many of our listeners are gonna be so happy with, you know, what they get. And mm-hmm. if you know they're having a challenging year, they know that they'll get over yes. it. So thank you so much. Also, please, like everyone, go pre-order Alice's book. It yes. is amazing. And yeah, just- where can we where can we pre-order it? On my website, alicebellastrology.com, or I also have the link in my Instagram profile um, at Stock Alice. Yay. I'm so excited. And Thank then it comes out in June. Me, guys. Thank oh, yeah. You. It comes out June 1st, 2023. Woohoo. Just mark that in your calendar. So yes. thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you soon, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. We can't thank you enough for being here and supporting us on our first year with this podcast. And Danielle and I have had the best time. It's been so, just such a beautiful experience to put something out in the world and see it evolve and grow. And we can't wait to see what next year holds. And... Yeah, just thank you so much. And if you'd like to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate that. It would mean so much to us. As you know, that helps podcasts grow and reach more people. And we would just love our little community to keep on growing and connect more and more of us together. Um, So in order to do that, we need those reviews and we would love to send you a little thank you for your review. So we're working on something special to send everyone a little merch. So stay tuned for that. We'll probably announce that in the next month or so, but I hope you have a happy holidays. Yes. Happy holidays. This is the last episode of 2022. 2023 is going to be amazing. and Amazing. Yeah. Just enjoy. Happy New Year. And we'll see you on the other side. We'll keep on blooming. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.